Hey, good morning, everyone. It's a beautiful Arizona morning. Well, it isn't up north, but it's gorgeous down south. It's Alan Share. We're back with another version of Flock and Gather, your only 18-minute podcast in the spa channel. And you're going to enjoy this one because we've got a couple Arizona boys who are going to talk and have some coffee this morning. I'm with Jim Cox. He only lives about 30 minutes from me, and he also likes Italian food and red wine, and that's probably why we get along. Good morning, Jim. How are you? Morning, Alan. You know, you, I was going to say, I was going to say, you're executive producer of Beautycast Network, and we're going to talk about that, but your history in the spa and salon business is a lot longer than that, isn't it? Yeah, it goes back, uh, oh, geez, I probably 30 years ago, I was involved with beauty schools. I've been on the, the school and education side of things uh, for a, a lot of years in, in uh, private career education. Uh, but it, in earnest, probably 25 years ago, uh, uh, I had some beauty schools here in Arizona. Um, but then for 18 years, I ran the uh, the National Association that represents all the beauty schools, the American Association of Cosmetology Schools. I was the executive director there up until about five years ago. And um, so I had an opportunity to work with not only the schools, but I made it a point of uh, trying to be uh, the face of the school side of the industry out at all the, the shows. And that's how I met people like you and and so many others in the professional side of things. And so uh, when I decided to retire, uh, that made uh, that decision, oh, it lasted maybe five minutes. <laughs> and uh, a good friend of mine uh, who had owned schools, she had nine schools in Tennessee and uh, North Carolina, Penny Burns. She had sold her schools and she founded a little company called Beautycast Network to uh, help uh, students uh, get their, what we call their best first job. And so um, she called me up literally the day I think I retired. And she says, no, you're not going anywhere. You're going to help me build this company. So that was about five years ago. And we've gone in a lot of different directions over the last five years. But the main goal is to help employers find talent. Uh, you know, we, we have a little phrase, we say, where opportunity meets talent. And so there's a, a lot of opportunity out there. And there's a lot of talent, not just uh, coming right out of school, but uh, obviously in the, in the licensed professionals. Um, Jim, let me bring our listeners up today because, well, for, I'm going to say the last thing first. Neither one of us are doing very well at retiring, are we? <laughs> <laughs> it didn't, didn't work. <laughs> Listen, you know, the lady in my house, she, when I, when we sold our first companies and I said, I'm going to retire and play a lot of golf. And about three days later, she was saying, honey, you have to find something else to do. <laughs> you cannot be home. This isn't working, you know? Yeah. I've heard that story a lot. You've been in a part of our industry that is so critical almost your whole career. I mean, you've been at beauty schools, you ran the Cosmetology School Association, you're back with Beautycast Network now. This, I would argue that today, more than any time ever in our industry history, the, the making sure schools are successful so that kids come out of school and they're successful and they get that first best job. I mean, is, has there ever been a time when it's more important than right now? No. And I think uh, that even started prior to the pandemic, but it just has obviously 
been exacerbated because of the, the times that we live in. And it, it is, it's weird times, not just in the beauty industry, as we all know, uh, shortages uh, of, of people. Uh, it, it's just unprecedented. But uh, yeah, our, our mission coming from the school side, quite honestly, is to help the students, help the schools retain the students, help the students have the tools they need. We've developed programs uh, to work with them and their life skills, for example. And the simple things that the employers, um, you think they're simple, but the essential things that employers want and need in, uh, in their staff. And so we work on that end of it, but uh, the placement side is just, uh, you know, just critical like never before. Do you know, um, I just had a great conversation with a friend over at Massage Envy who works in industry relations who, and I hope I'm paraphrasing correctly, but he said something to the effect of, to the effect of um, people go because of the, with facilities, people go because they love the job, but they leave because of the management, you know, or their boss. And so when, when you talk about uh, retain and retention, tell, tell me, how does that factor in? Because all this training can't be that people want to leave our industry a year later, right? And take another job. So we'll, what's the part about retention? Can you elaborate on that a little bit? Well, I, I see retention on two sides. I mean, when I say retention, I, I mean retention to make sure that the students that are in school get through and graduate and uh, get their take their licensing exams. And that's an issue. I mean, people don't realize that there's a, a large percentage of students that, that do get through, graduate, and then due to some bureaucratic issues in some states, but uh, they don't get licensed. So we want to get them to that point where they get that license. And then the retention in the industry itself, I think uh, there's a lot of blame, I'll put it that way, to go around in terms of why they don't uh, last. I think that what you touched on is basic management uh, uh, skills, management in the, in the salon environment. You hear sometimes horror stories of the way uh, people are treated. But uh, I think, and I'll be real candid with you, I, I'm assuming we can have that kind of conversation. I think the comp compensation, especially these days, uh, they need to step up their game in a lot of places because uh, Today, there are so many jobs available. When you can go into like McDonald's or Hobby Lobby or Costco and you see very aggressive signage trying to hire people and starting them at $15 to $20 an hour um, with no skills or training, then I think a lot of these people just, uh, you know, if, if, they, if they get a bump in the road at, at, uh, in their salon, there's an alternative there uh, to even get out of the industry. And it's so I think the whole, everybody needs to work to, to make the environment, uh, the job environment, uh, more conducive to them staying. Do you know that uh, when we talk about the dropout rate, so that if you have 100% of people who start school, is there a statistic that say what percent drop out during school, what percent drop out after graduation and don't license and what we actually end up with out of the school system? I've seen statistics recently that have said that uh, only about 20% of the people who enter the industry five years later are still in it. Now, I, I don't know, I, I don't have the documentation and 
uh, of where that's from, but I, I've heard that consistently, that those kinds of numbers. So, I mean, when you figure that, you know, 70, 80% of the people are going somewhere else and dropping out of the industry, um, that's, that's alarming. That's alarming. And actually after they've spent money, but even if they've gotten loans or taken grants, I mean, there's been an investment of time and dollars and a lot of stuff we hate to lose them if they really want to be in this industry. What about licensing? Every, every This comes up all the time, right? That every state is different and people always say, why can't it be like a driver's license that I, I can drive in Minnesota why, and I can drive in Arizona? Why can't I just take my license there? You know, that's one of the, um, that's one of the real issues. I mean, I, I'm going to, I'm going to put the caveat here. These are my personal opinions, but I, I feel free to, uh, you know, to express them. I think the biggest problem, if not the one of the biggest problems in the industry as a whole is just that. It's that inconsistency that has been here for years that, for example, why does it take, and I'm gonna be talking about cosmetology, okay? Why does it take uh, a thousand hours to be trained in New York, Massachusetts, um, New Jersey? And yet in, in some states like Iowa, Utah, now this is changing, I will say that, but why has it taken 2,000 hours? And if you're on the outside looking in, if you're a, a legislator or you're just a, an average citizen, that makes no sense at all. Uh, why it takes, so that disparity from state to state in the rules just to get training, just to qualify to sit for a licensing exam is one of the big things. And it's one of the things that's under attack from uh, a lot of organizations. You. Your, your listeners probably are aware of the deregulation uh, movement that has gone state to state and uh, you see changes happening. I mean, California just recently this session passed, uh, I think it was SB 803 it was, to lower the hours in California for, for cosmetology from 1600 to 1000. And that's happening, it happened in Texas. So that is happening, but um, along with that, a big problem is the reciprocity. Uh, people in some states that get their training can't go to work in other states because they won't recognize the, the, the training they received. Uh, so those kinds of things, if we could, as an industry, come together and, and clean up, I think would add a lot to the, uh, to the issue of the attrition that we have. I'm going to say this from a non-experienced point of view, but does a therapist who gets a thousand hours versus a therapist getting 2000 hours, is, is that a very different therapist when they're out in the field? Now you're putting me on the spot. Um, <laughs> I, you could get varying uh, arguments on that issue. I mean, some people will claim that they need that extra time in school working in the student salon or whatever they call it, the clinic area, that they need that. Others will argue that the only mission for the schools and the, the, the licensing agencies is to prepare entry-level uh, people. And that the majority, and I think everyone will agree that the majority of a person's uh, uh, education, skill uh, building is going to come after school and when they're on the job. I mean in this field, as you well know, uh, continuing education is vital. 
So um, some employers, quite frankly, they, they want someone that's, that's got the minimal training to have an entry level job and then they take over and put them through their systems. Um, but boy, it's, it's tough to say because everybody's different, Alan. You, you may be a whiz student and, and a wonderful artist in your own right, and you can pick up all the procedures and, and the techniques in you know, 500 hours, and it may take me you know, 2,000 hours to get to the point you are, because every, everybody learns differently. Everybody has different skill sets. So yeah. it, it does get down to that. Um, do we say follow the money sometimes when it comes to this type of licensing and hours, or do you think that's not relevant? Uh, elaborate on follow the money. Well, a lot of times people say, you know, when you can't figure it out, follow the money trail. I mean, in the states where they require 2,000 hours, maybe it's because certain groups or state um, um, parts of the state law, they, they get more money or something. I don't know. But um, I'm always curious why uh, and how that would happen. But that might be a story for another day. Um, speak. You want to address I, that or no? Yeah. No, I, I think we should move okay. on. Here's the next thing that I want to talk about. And oh, for our listeners who are just catching up, I'm with Jim Cox today. He's the executive producer at Beauty Cast Network. That's your website, Jim, right? BeautyCastNetwork.com. Yeah, Perfect. And that's C as in cat, C-A-S-T, BeautyCast network.com so go find out what they're all about they're an amazing um, organization and and uh, reach out to jim i want to talk about the subject of compensation because it's been close to my heart my entire life i never ever have thought people are paid enough in our industry personal opinion but i have used massage chiropractics acupuncture all forms of wellness as my main source of Healthcare, not to disparage allopathic or modern medicine at all. You've got to go to the MD when you need the MD. But you know, if my neck is sore, I don't go to the doctor and spend 250 bucks for an office visit to find out that maybe he says, you know, uh, take this little white pill for a week and see if it helps, right? I'm, I'm going to the gym, I'm going to the acupuncturist, I go to my massage therapist. So that they only charge roughly a buck an hour. I, I don't, I mean, a buck a minute, a dollar a minute. I don't think people really understand what a value that is in the healthcare system. So I, I just happen to be one of those people who think therapists are underpaid. I think the long-term success in our industry, I don't care if we're talking massage or aesthetics or anything else, is to pay them more. What say you? I couldn't agree more. Uh, that's what I was getting at a little earlier when I was saying that the, the employers that are not, uh, you know, having uh, fair and equitable uh, compensation plans for the uh, for their people, they're the ones that are uh, are seeing those same people go uh, either, you know, two two things: either leave the industry altogether and go to work at Costco, let's say. And in this time, I mean, you don't have to be uh, you don't have to be real aware. You just have your eyes open when you're out in the community. You're going to see help wanted signs all over the place. So uh, that's an issue there. But uh, you know, the other thing that in the in I think all of the all of them that are having the traditional salon spa environment, uh, you've got more and more people that are going independent, and the opportunities to go independent 
Um, they're not for everyone. It isn't a situation for everyone, but I think a lot of people in this, uh, the Uberization of our society, that they wanna do their own thing and uh, the opportunities are there for them to do it. And maybe they can make more money. Maybe they create a better environment for themselves. But uh, I, I agree with you hundred percent, Alan. I think if a lot of the issues that the industry is dealing with could be fixed if they were just compensated more. And it shows, uh, I think it shows that the professionalism would, uh, would improve. I mean, people need to think of themselves. They're doing, like you said, I mean, if they're a therapist or a massage therapist or, uh, uh, or anybody that's in the, in the wellness world or in the hair care, aesthetics, any of the nail care, all of them, they're doing a real service to the people who come in, not just uh, you know cutting their hair. I mean, they're amateur therapists, <laughs> you know, they're everything, you know, and so they should be compensated, uh, uh, you know, properly. I believe I, I couldn't agree with you. More. Yeah. Do you know there's a neighbor cosmetologist in the neighborhood? She cuts most of the gals' hair and some of the the men hair, and I think sometimes that's their happiest hour, hour and a half of of the day is when they sit down in Angela's chair <laughs> and, yeah. and do it. So when you say amateur psychologist, it's absolutely 100% true. That, that, oh. that's the case. No doubt. Um, I need to, my internal producer is reminding me that when, when you talked about whether I was a, a whiz in school or an artist and just in full disclosure, I wasn't a whiz in school and I'm not an artist. <laughs> so <laughs> There's a lot of things I do well, but I'm not even good at stick men. So let's just go there. Okay. Um, last question I want to talk to you about is what does the future, you know, when, when you see placing people in our industry with, we know there's the shortage of industry and supply chains are creating others. So what, what do we look like a year or two or five down the road? Does the model work? right now for what we're doing or do we have to make some absolutely critical changes and do them right now um with regard to the the way that the uh the flow goes from the licensure or schooling licensure and then is that what you're is that what you're yeah meaning? all that stuff yeah i i i think that the uh you know the system can work uh, I just think we need to tighten things up. I mean, first of all, I think that the, the schools overall, I think schools of all sorts are, are, are do a good job uh, for the most part in the technical skills. I think what, what our employer partners that we work with, and we work with a lot of them all over the country, the thing that they tell us that is lacking most in the students coming out of school uh, is not the technical skills, but it's the soft skills. It's communication skills, stress tolerance, self, self uh, respect and self image is very important. But one of the keys, I think with especially uh, some of the younger generation, uh, I know we, everybody, uh, all of us that are a little bit older, uh, maybe make, uh, make a big deal out of the fact that the kids walk around with their phones all the time. Well, we do too. But the fact is there isn't the kind of verbal communication uh, that's that's uh, prevalent with with that generation as much as it had been in the past, and that's critical in in the beauty industry. You got you've got to be able to communicate with your, you know, with your clients. Uh, so I think that's that's an area that we need to continue to work on. 
and then uh, just uh, treating them better. Well, I think you nailed it. We're gonna stop there because I, you, in a form mentioned self-care for our, our therapists and that's mental and physical to me in today's world about that self-care. Correct. Um, listeners, please reach out to Jim. You can find him at beautycastnetwork.com. They're an amazing uh, organization and uh, you'll enjoy finding out more about them. Jim, it's always a pleasure. I look forward to our next dinner together as well. All right, Alan, good to see you. We'll talk to you soon. A pleasure. And listeners, please remember, be kind to one another.